today we had a wonderful guest. We have Beck Hill on talking yes. about life admin skills. We should wel- welcome the listeners. Oh, yeah. We welcome. Should... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and doing our own brand. Awkward <laughs> intro. <laughs> We've done it. We, do, we, we did never it. prepare the awkward intros, but they just happen organically. What's great is we haven't done one of these in so long, I actually forgot <laughs> how to intro. But you're right. Uh, I'm Abigail Shaman, and I have ADHD. I'm Joe Wells, and I'm autistic. Yeah. So, guys, w- welcome. <laughs> Who do we have? We had we had Beck Hill on, as, as was said earlier. Yeah, we did, uh, talking about life admin skills. And uh, what a treat. What a lovely person to chat with. Um, yeah, do you have any uh, hacks or ways to help yourself with life uh, admin skills, Joe? No, and you know what? Watching Beck made me realize that I should because uh, I'm not. I'm so disorganized, and I'm so like I don't know what I don't have a good understanding of what works for me. And then I will go like I need I need headphones in in London to function. And yet, and the other day, I, I, I didn't bring my headphones, just forgot them. And it was a horrible day in London. And uh, like that, that um, all those sorts of things, I just, I need, I need to, I need to get my life together, Abigail. I need help. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but watching Beck, it really made me realise how much, how much work she's doing to sort of like, because you, you watch Beck's work and you go, what, what like, you know, everything seems to come easy to her. She's so talented. She's got lots of um, stuff going on, projects she's working on. They're all brilliant. And I feel like in the interview, we realised that, um, you know, that thing where well, you, if you see a swan and it's sort of gliding very gla- gracefully, but then underneath the water, the, the feet are, are um, doing lots of work. I felt like we saw that with Beck. Yeah. Well, and two, it's funny how, like, when you see someone who produces such a beautiful amount of work and such a quality amount of work like Beck, how you think it must be so easy for them. And, like, even just now with you saying you need to get your life together because you're horribly disorganized. I would like to point out to the listeners that uh, Joe and I uh, do our best to split the work equally for this podcast. He edits the podcast episodes. I do our social media posts. And uh, Joe always gets our podcast out every two weeks on the Friday, whereas I have to email him on Friday at 5 p.m. of the podcast release going, yeah, sorry, um, yeah, the, uh, the, the promotion stuff, I'll, I'll get it to you, I'm good for it, I definitely <laughs> have, I was going to work on it, and then I, 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 I forgot, or I got busy, so, so to me, you've got your shit together. I think, yeah, I think it's funny, isn't it? We, I think uh, we all sort of like, because I, I never feel like you don't have your shit together, but it, it um, I think we always notice the things where we feel like we're, we're failing, don't we? We sort of like, I feel very conscious of things where, you know, because yeah, I do get, I have got, well, let's see where this one goes out. But um, <laughs> you may be hearing this on a Monday morning. Um, but yeah, I, I feel very conscious that, I do, I do these late, late at night, um, but uh, maybe maybe that's the difference. But I don't think I have ADHD, so maybe that's the difference. Is I people talk about ADHD isn't lazy. I think I am lazy. I think that's the comparison. 
it's not that I can't do it or that I have task paralysis. It's that I'm quite lazy and I can never be bothered to do things until the last moment. Oh my god, that's amazing! I definitely have ADHD and I can't <laughs> do anything until the last moment because it's the only way I get the dopamine hit of having done it. <laughs> I'm like, now that it's completely stressful, it feels like jumping out of an airplane. So it's good. I have four <laughs> hours to get this done. I had three weeks, but I waited to the last four hours. <laughs> but going back to, like, when it comes to organizing and stuff, like, you know, and we talked about this in the podcast. Beck and I are good friends. I've I've asked her so many times through our friendship, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? And... um I think you can look to other people for advice for stuff like this. And whether you're neurodivergent or not, you still always have to find your own way of doing it. Mm. Like, I think that's like almost the problem with the whole like self-help thing or like ways to avoid or, you know, ways to get things done when you have ADHD or just, just in general, it's like, do you know get a to-do list do a blah 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 and it's all very generic things but like maybe that doesn't work for you maybe you need something completely different you know like I I've written to-do list nothing will get done on my to-do list but I also have a whiteboard and it's more likely to get done if I write it on my whiteboard because I can't put my whiteboard underneath another piece of paper and forget about it. <laughs> it's, it's like comedy, isn't it? You, know, there's, you, you can't watch someone else and go, this is how you do comedy. You've got to work out your own way to do it. But at the same time, it's useful to watch other people thinking about how, think about how they are doing it. And you can sort of pick a li- little sort of bits of like, you know, the way that they sort of move around on stage, the way they do this, this and this and that. Uh, I guess it's like that with a lot of life skills for neurodivergent people, sort of, oh yeah, that, that little thing actually might work for me, I might take a look, might borrow that, I might adapt it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like, you can you can borrow things, but you can't just completely, like, lift a whole regiment from another place and have it work for you. At least that's never been my experience, you know. Um, yeah. Actually, listeners, if you have any... Um, admin life skill hacks that really help you write them in let us know what they are yeah we'd really like that uh neurodivergent moments pod at gmail.com we'd love to hear what helps you i always try to share the things that that help me here's one which i um and i felt this is a, a mini neurodivergent moment uh i i struggle with clothes a lot this t-shirt is not ideal because it's quite tight around my neck um, and uh, I can never find T-shirts that sort of feel right. I used to change my clothes quite a lot in the day. I found a T-shirt brand that are absolutely perfect. Like they've got a, a sort of, um, the stitching of the neck is perfect. Then the, the, the fabric's not too thick. Perfect for summer when it's hot as well. Really like this T-shirt brand. They're called Amplified. On the T-shirts, they exclusively print the logos of bands that I think are shit. So... <laughs> That's the dilemma I'm at the moment. Because <laughs> I want to feel comfortable myself. I want to feel confident. I want to feel able to go out and live my life as an autistic person. And, but I don't want people to think that I like Coldplay. So 
that's where I'm at at the moment. Oh, that's a tricky one. Well, a little life hack that uh, I do, and I don't know if this will fit your aesthetic, um, Joe, but I've gotten my boyfriend doing it is because I'm the same way with uh, collars around my neck. I don't mm. love it. So uh, the listeners won't see it, but you will. Uh, I just cut the collar off all my T-shirts. Like this. Yeah, I might do that. Um, I just cut around and then I'll, I'll like cut a little V in it. Just, and it's always like a bit crooky, a bit wonky, but you could do it. If you have a really good pair of, um, fabric shears, you can make it look quite nice and fancy. And if you don't, it'll look a little ratty, but I think it's a cool style and you can cut them a little higher. You can cut them a little lower. Depending it's afraid, on... is it? That'd be my worry. Not really. No, you can kind of see. Like, I'm trying to show you in this. Like, okay. th- this I've had, this t-shirt, and I wear it all the time, I've had for, like, four or five years. I might try doing that then. So, like, they don't ruin your t-shirt, in my opinion, you know? But if I you're... I don't know how much it'll fit my aesthetic. You're a bit you... sort of punk rock, though, aren't you? I'm a bit of a yeah. square. <laughs> <laughs> you could cut out the collar you don't like and then put in a nice starch collar. Yeah, a big Harry Hill collar on the exactly. t-shirts. But um, if you don't want it as wide as the way I do it, like cut it. This That's is not going to make the podcast. Do you remember there was a um, there was a horrible point in our history, maybe like ten years ago, where it was very fashionable for uh, men to wear like very what were they called like drop, drop V-neck scoop. No, but like deeper than a V-neck, like a very deep. And you'd see groups of lads going around that had, like, more or less their whole chest out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like that was a bad time in our fashion history. <laughs> that That is your, uh, uh, for you, or that is what low-rise jeans were for me in the early <laughs> 2000s. Of just, like, this is not, this is not for my body type. <laughs> I love that. I love all these little, so I feel like that's the thing which you see in the sort of, like, such a pretentious term but like in the neurodivergent community you see like a lot of that sort of sharing of different uh different tips of how to function yeah of, um i'm talking a lot about uh sun powder on twitter at the moment because that's been life-changing for me yeah you um, told me yeah. about that i mentioned it to my boyfriend because i thought he might be into it but then he was like no i don't like powder either so oh, I <laughs> jesus christ yeah, it's, it's quite low SPF, so you, I think it might not be good if you're going somewhere proper hot, but, um, yeah. but it, it's uh, it's helping me out. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, is there anything else we should say at the top of this one? No, I, th- I think have a pen and paper ready, because there's so much useful stuff in this um, interview with Becca. I feel like this is going to be one of those podcasts where people sort of, um, yeah, I feel like this is going to be really, really helpful for people. Yeah, totally agree. There's definitely... Definitely some stuff in it that uh, I took away and have been trying. So, yeah, uh, guys, without further ado, here's Beck Hill. It's Beck Hill. Welcome to Neurodivergent Moments and welcome Beck Hill. Hello. Hi. You just get straight in there with this podcast, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) We're still trying to Straight find try, trying to find a way to be less awkward about it, and we haven't. So now, now we're just like <laughs> we are now doing a podcast. We podcast every episode. Podcast. Is, every episode is started with us talking over each other a little bit. Just to, that's our brand. I was going to say of all the podcasts 
that are gonna that have a reason to start awkwardly i think a neurodivergent one is you know you, you you're right you get away <laughs> we're with being that. true to ourselves That's unmasked it. hashtag unmasked <laughs> how are you today by the way thank you for joining us I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm a bit all over the place. I've got lots lots of little things that need doing, and when I've got lots of little things, uh, it's it's like trying to it's like trying to catch tadpoles in a pond where <laughs> they just keep like slipping out my fingers. I'm like, oh, they're too small. I can't do all these little things because as soon as you're like, well, I'll, I'll just tidy up that that bit there and then as you're tidying you're like oh a receipt that's right I need to do some invoicing I'll put this over here and then as you walk over to the next bit you're like oh there's a message on my phone oh yeah I was meant to respond to this thing and you just end up going round and round in circles doing a not enough of everything speaking of invoices I just wrote that on my whiteboard so <laughs> I remembered to do that I think that keys in with I was, I was trying to think of how to introduce you and uh, I think with a lot of our ADHD guests, I don't know, because you sort of do about 100 different things really well. You're a children's writer, comedian, <laughs> um, uh, artist, a flip chart maker. What what, uh, what, what are you, Becky? Podcaster. <laughs> Podcaster. Oh, my gosh. I I get asked that question so much. And I know, oh, do you know what? I've just started saying I'm a creative, which sounds assholely, <laughs> but there's no other way I can. I don't know what else to say. I don't like it's the only thing that sort of encompasses everything. I did hear the term last year that I got really into. It's called a multi hyphenate. So if you are a multi hyphenate, that is someone who does so many things. It's like, you know, you're a comedian dash writer dash presenter dash, you know, so you've got like all the little hyphens in there multi-hyphenate i like it although i'm gonna be honest it doesn't sound any less wankier than creative <laughs> yeah that's true and at least with creative people are like oh you're an, you know you're an artistic asshole whereas with multi-hyphenate they're like i you're i just know you're an asshole <laughs> i don't know what kind now you're just using words i don't know how to use yeah what are you russell brand get out of here <laughs> These sound like things we put on our car insurance so that people don't think we're driving late at night. I'm going to use that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's so true. Now I'm going to go out and buy a car just so I can put that on car insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't a lie. But it's it's good that you're having a, a day with a lot of uh, little things to do. Like you said, catching tadpoles. Because the subject of this podcast, loosely based always, loosely based. So if we go off tangent, it's always fine. But is life admin skills. Oh, right. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. This is this is how, uh, because, yes, as, as you guys know, but the listeners might not, my, my particular brand of neurodiversity is ADHD. And um, uh, I, I had uh, forgotten to check which one I'd said that I would uh, talk about, <laughs> which I think is very on brand. 100%. Uh, I, I've already, so I'm mostly in charge of booking the guests. And uh, the difference between the messages I get from our autistic guests and our ADHD guests, it's just like stereotype 100%. Because <laughs> like, 
I'll check in with the autistic guests and they're like, yes, of course, we said 2 p.m. Yes, I understand everything. Why are you repeating yourself? Whereas like the ADHD people, like one time I got messages like 15 minutes before we were supposed to record from someone being like, are we doing this on Zoom or do I need to come to your house? Is there a certain subject? What about a link? And I'm like, oh, this was sent to you. We'll do it again. No worries, bro. We got this. It's really nice that you didn't mention an hour before this record, I texted you saying, what's the theme of today? <laughs> That's how much I'm breaking autistic stereotypes that <laughs> I, I did the ADHD thing and forgot. Joe Wells doesn't remember the theme and hates trains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, now I love a train. Love a train. Can't do any other transport, but I love a train. They're beautiful. We're blurring the boundaries of diagnosis. Yeah, 100%. Look at us in the gray but- areas. But like going back to like life admin skills, see, you are one of my friends who I always think has it so together. And whenever I talk to you about it and I'm like, how do you do it? Your eyes get real wide and you're like, I don't yeah, know. I'm not like <laughs> it doesn't look like what it is. Trust me. <laughs> well, I think that it's weird. There's two there's two parts. There's there's one part of me that sees all the things I need to do and panics and feels like it's not doing anything. And, and then there's another part of me that I don't give enough credit who does the things. It's almost like I'm unconscious when those things happen. <laughs> like, like I found a bunch of uh, post-its that I'd written with things I need to do like late last year. And I'd held on to them because I was like, I haven't done any of these things. I'm going to have to like go through these. And they've been like burning a hole on my desk. And I keep looking over to them, not wanting to actually read them because they're in a pile. And just thinking, oh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do those things at some point. And then today I was tidying up the stuff on my desk and I was reading a couple of them and I was like, oh, I've done that. Oh, and I did that. And I've done that. Like it's, <laughs> you know... It just gets done sometimes, and uh, and sometimes they're things that, you know, they timing-wise they just have to be done, and um, they just end up not needing to be done because because you hit that deadline. <laughs> yeah, I, I we've talked about this before. I do a lot better with a deadline. Mm-hmm. I just had someone ask me to send them something, and I was like, "When do you need it?" And they're like. Just as soon as possible. I'm like, I need like a next week. I need a tomorrow. Otherwise, you're never going to get it. If you give me a day, I will always have it done by the day. I don't know about you guys, but I find it a lot easier to prioritize things that are also other people's priority. And if someone says as soon as possible, what what that subconsciously says to me, even though I understand it on a superficial level, but I think subconsciously the message I get is, this isn't important enough for me to put down a time or date. And so my brain goes, cool, do it after the things that all have a time or a date. Like if you say ASAP to me and then someone else says, can you get this to me by tomorrow? I'm going to work on the thing that needs to be done by tomorrow, even if the other thing is needed by like this afternoon. But because you haven't said this afternoon, I'm like, well, your version of ASAP could be different to... To what someone else's is so it just ends up at the bottom of the pile and what tends to happen then is that they will eventually chase you for it and that's when it comes back to the top of the pile but you know basically if anyone says can you get this to me asap and then 
they just go off, then it's just constantly pushed to the back of the pile. Yeah, totally. Or just whenever. I mean, just whenever it's just not going to get done. Whenever you have a chance. I never have a chance. No rush. (laughs) Which I've actually said to people loads, no rush. And I also realize that when people say it to me, I'm like, don't say that because I won't rush now. I won't. Or if I say, oh, I'm running a bit, I'm running a bit late. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be about five minutes late. And people are like, oh, no rush. And I'm like, oh, oh don't say that. Now the other, <laughs> Time stop the other brain in me heard that. And it's, it's like your inner child hears it. And it, yeah, it's like the inner child's like, oh, well, let's just pop into the shop then and have a look. Or let's, and you're like, well, no, the little inner child is like, but they said no rush. And it, you can't reason with it, you know? <laughs> It's, it's like you want to cover your inner child's ears and be like, don't say that out loud. <laughs> it's like when a dog hears the word bath, you know, people should have to spell it out. If they say no rush, they should have to say like N-O-R-U-S-H. Like, yeah, I got you. It's all right. Inner child didn't hear that. We're good. But you mentioned that you've uh, implemented some uh, skills and picked up some things to make uh, the project's a little easier for you. I'm just curious what they might be. As someone who has, uh, for the past three days, done everything but write her Edinburgh show, what are you doing? <laughs> what you doing so, to help get yourself at the page? So I'm always doing, I've, I've, one thing I've had to accept is that I will never find a system that works for me constantly. I will always be having to find different systems because I will get used to one and it will stop working and then I will need to find a new one. And sometimes I end up going back to other ones. So the one I'm on currently, which is just working, is uh, I have an app on my phone that runs through a routine. So when I get up, I press play on it and it just, I, I say play, it doesn't play anything, but it's just like a timer basically. And it's like, okay, so you've got one minute to drink your water because I have a glass of water next to my bed. Uh, and then, um, you know, five minutes to go to the toilet. You never know what you're going to do. <laughs> and then uh, then it's like uh, I have to brush my I, – I, no, I, I drink my water. I drink another glass of water. Then I brush my teeth. Then I wash my face. Then I get changed. Then I go and sit at my desk and I write. I do morning pages, which I know you know about, Avgaya. I don't know if you know about I don't know, what, um, know what's morning pages. It is where you wake up and you write three pages of stream of consciousness, consciousness writing as soon as you wake up. And the point is not to read it back. It's not really the same as journaling because I think journaling we often think of as a way of recording life events for prosperity or whatever whereas this is very much just like scraping the the scum off the top (laughs) you know it's just like whatever's floating around in your head when you're still waking up just like just put it onto a page and sometimes you'll surprise yourself and end up having these massive philosophical discussions with yourself on on the page in the morning and other times you'll just write I'm tired repeatedly for three pages but it's it just helps clear your head a bit and get you in a, a good place for the rest of the day. So I've been doing that nonstop since the beginning of 2020. And that's been really, uh, really useful. So that's what I do uh, first thing each morning. And then, 
And then I do 20 minutes of Duolingo because I'm trying to learn Japanese. And then and I've now and then for the bigger things, that's when the alarm on my watch goes off. So then my watch buzzes when I need to be done doing all those things. And then I do an hour and a half of writing on the book. And I tell myself it doesn't matter how many words I write or what it is. It's like just put your Word document on focus mode. You're not looking at any other windows. You're not looking at your phone for an hour and a half. Just sit there with it and see what comes out. And more often than not, what will happen is after an hour and a half, I'm like, oh, I want to do more of that. But uh, it also means that if I'm sort of starting to hit a bit of a, you know, wanting to get up and wander around or get a snack or the usual distraction things, it's like, cool, I've done an hour and a half. I've done my work for the day on, on that. And then I'll let myself go make a coffee and then I'll try and put aside like an hour and a half for emails and then an hour and a half for a single task, which might be something that someone's, I might have to write on a script or, or it might be, I need to dye my hair or something like that. And I'll put aside that. And then basically once I get to sort of lunchtime, I then go easy on myself and just see how I'm feeling. So after lunch, if I'm in the mood, I'll go back and work on stuff. And if I'm not in my head, I'm like, well, I've already done those time periods focusing on those things and that's okay and don't have to do more i'm Aww. just listening i think about how much healthier your lifestyle is than mine i got up at 11 today and <laughs> watched the watched two hours of the simpsons and then listened to uh some music had lunch about 10 minutes before we started recording <laughs> But that is, but it's about what works for you, doesn't it? Like it depends. Oh, it's not working. That... My head would be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. That's a really nice uh, way of looking at it. Well, because I wouldn't. This is therapy judge. for me now. <laughs> you okay, Joe? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I uh, so, so, but is that so that? But that's the new route. So what? So like, so that's going to be replaced by something else at some point. Uh, probably. I always do morning pages. So that is one thing that always sticks. And I do find that I work better if I get dressed as soon as I wake up. So, and I have to pee when I get up. So those are things that are like non-negotiable. They all, <laughs> they all happen. Um, but, uh, it is tricky sometimes. Like for instance, this past week, I've had a bunch of stuff happening in the morning and normally I try and not book anything in the morning so that I can write because I don't really write. I found that I don't write very well in the afternoon or, or the evening, unless I'm continuing from something that I'd started earlier. But mm. if it, you know, if it's the evening, I find it hard to be like, oh, I'm going to sit down right now because it's like, oh, it's dark and I can, I can watch another episode of Barry. <laughs> <laughs> so I tend to uh, get totally out of it with those things. So this week I didn't really get to stick to that routine because I had meetings in the mornings and uh various other things that just meant that I couldn't do it so it was just trying to do as much as I could on those days but yeah in the past there is I'm trying to remember there's terms for a lot of these different ways of working as well there's one called talk about life admin and this was very useful when it was working and before my brain got bored of it uh there's one where 
I want to say it's kaban, but I, I know it's not kaban because that's Japanese for bag. But it's a Japanese word and I've forgotten what it is and someone out there will be listening and wanting to correct me. But it's uh, basically where you have, it works best with post-its and what you do is on the wall you have a column for to do, a column for doing uh, and a column for done. And then I also put on an extra column for, um, uh, well, I called it the shelf, but I'll explain that in a second. So obviously your to-do column is where you put all of your post-its that have literally everything on there that you need to do. So it could be as small as uh, shave my undercut, you know, on my head, like just a little thing that I need to do. Or it could be uh, find a therapist, (laughs) or it could be finish the book or something like that and with the much bigger ones like finish the book you're then encouraged to break them down into tasks that are sort of of equal chunks as the other ones so finish the book might become finish uh the first draft and then you have to still make it smaller so then it might be um write for an hour and a half today on the first draft and then suddenly that is a like an achievable task. And so you have all your little to-do things that are roughly the same sort of amount of chunkiness. And then you're only allowed to put three of them in the doing column. So then if you're like, okay, today I'm going to, I'm going to send some invoices and I'm going to shave my undercut and I'm going to do an hour and a half of writing. Then if you if you then find yourself, like say you get a phone call and someone says, oh, can you uh, send me a press release? And you're like, oh, now I've got to write a press release. You have to take out one of the things and put it back in the to-do list uh-huh. before you put write press release in doing so that your brain doesn't feel like you're adding another thing on top of it your brain goes, oh, okay, I've still only got three things I need to do today. And so you don't panic. And then this is the next... Oh, also, what I love is I'll explain this for the listeners, but Abigail has been like genuinely, your little mouth just went aghast when I was like <laughs> mentioning that you would you only have three things at any one time. But it, So that's a really great thing. And then the next step on it is using the done column which sounds redundant and this is where it's sort of a bit different from crossing off a list because I think when you're crossing off a list you get that satisfaction of seeing it crossed off but then often it ends up like on another page somewhere and you don't get to see it that often whereas with this one each time you finish a post-it that's in the doing column you stick it in the done column and obviously then you can take one out of the to-do and put it in your doing column and then as you do that, it just means you end up visually seeing all the thi- Like that column of post-its just gets bigger and bigger on your wall. Mm-hmm. And it's you getting to visually see that you are achieving things. Because so often we do things and we think because they're easy or because they have to be done that they don't count. And sometimes you just need to see a column of put out the trash, make dinner, pick up some carrots <laughs> like yeah sometimes you just need to see a column of that to be like that's where my time went I was doing things because you'll get to the end of the day and you'll feel like oh I haven't done anything on my you know I haven't done any big things but then sometimes you just have to see like 
can't be doing big things all the time. You've still got to live. Yeah. Well, I, the reason why my mouth went agape is I, I love a to-do list. And I, I've tried the three things. Just do three things. But my mind is always like, you put down three things, but obviously you'll wind up doing more. But the idea of something coming up so you take one out and put another one in is like mind-boggling to me. Because I, I do the same thing where like my boyfriend, Tom, will just be like, you really need to be easier on yourself. Cause I'm like, I didn't get everything done that I needed to get done today. It's like, well, you put 27 things on the list and one of them took six hours to do. And it was always yeah. going to take six hours to do that. So like, why, why can't it just be enough that you've like, you know, worked on the book for an hour and a half? Like, why can't, why does it have to be work on the book and, uh, uh, w w run three miles and, uh, and uh, call your mom and, uh, uh, you know, go perform at a show and write this and, yeah, all this stuff. I don't know. Just, bleh. I'm like, yeah. great, I'm going to try that one. That's one I'm going to try. Well, so one thing that I thought I knew about myself but I didn't realize was connected to ADHD until much later was just how visual uh, a lot of us are, you know, it's it's very much about what we can see and touch. Um, book learning can be very difficult because you have, there's no, like, nothing you're looking at. And it's the same as sometimes we can be quite messy because we need visual reminders of stuff that we're doing, which means that you leave stuff lying around because that to you is a reminder that it needs to be done rather than you want a mess. And so... That's what I like about this Post-its one is that it's so visual that it is giving you those those visual reminders of, okay, I need to, if you're taking something out of that column and putting back in the to-do and swapping it out, it's almost like you're doing the same thing in your brain, mm -hmm. but you're seeing it happen in front of you and it's just a bit easier to make that connection. And then my shelf column, my shelf column is for all the things that I need to do but can't because they're waiting on some someone else or waiting on something else. So it might be something that I am pretty much done, but I, I have to wait until a particular date until it is totally completed. Or it might be uh, that I am working with something on someone else. So one of my to-do list things might be send, send a, a script, but it might end up in the shelf because I have to wait for it to get notes Mm -hmm. before I can send it off just things like that but uh yeah so that's that's one thing that's one way of doing things this, this is a slightly sort of like wanky question but it's just a lot of your sort of work and your stand-up is very visual as well is that is that from being ADHD that these sort of there's obviously there's the flip chart things but but also there's often um you did a show where you returned from the future to to prevent things going wrong in the show Yes. Yeah. I, I would, um, I would say it's probably got a really, really big thing to do with that. I didn't know at the time, but, um, yeah, they've all been very visual, even out of, <laughs> funnily enough, and I never made this connection until right now, but the show that I did in 2017 was called Out of Order. And that was where all of my jokes are on posters <laughs> on a big board and the audience would get to choose what joke came next. So as they yell, you know, there wouldn't be the whole joke. It would just be like one word or something. And then I would tell the joke and then take the post-it off. And then the audience would like yell out the next one. And we would come up with 
we'd find you like segue I say we because it was sort of an audience I, I you had different audiences and the way they they went about things were different as well but it felt like you were building a show together and I'd find callbacks to things that you wouldn't have if the show was in a different order or different segues and things like that but yeah that all came about because that's how I tend to workshop my shows regardless of what they are is I, I put all the jokes in on a wall and then play around with the order of them to find what order works best so so you've got um uh the things for your sort of creative work how do you manage the boring stuff because i feel like as as creatives we can be quite excited by books and all the things we're doing but um what i'm saying is there's a big pile of washing on my kitchen floor that is getting bigger and bigger and that i think that's where my clothes live now is in the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think in terms of that side of admin, uh, I think a lot of people are far more understanding than we realize. So if it's life admin that involves other people, so let's say, um, you know, paying rent if you're in a share house or dishes or anything that could affect other people in that sense, or if you're um, living with a partner and it might be doing your share of the laundry or cooking or something like that. More often than not, I find that if we're honest about the struggles, then people are willing to help us or or at least allow us space because everyone's been in that situation before and wants it in return. And I think it's also about knowing that the other people who might be affected by it, i.e. if you're recording a podcast... <laughs> We'll be all right with you just saying, hang on, just need to deal with this for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, it all comes back down again to us all being a bit, little bit too harsh on ourselves and holding ourselves to too high a standard when ultimately we're all struggling in a way, aren't we? Uh, in terms of motivation, I would say it for me, it very much comes down to at what point am I sick of looking at it? Because <laughs> last <laughs> night I definitely needed to get started on some scripts that I said I was going to do. But also, it just made me sad to be in my room. So I cleaned everything up and I spent the night cleaning instead of writing. And while I felt a bit uh, for not writing, it meant that when I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, look at my lovely clean room. I can do so much writing in here. So that's, I think on that side of things, it's that. Uh, for me, the trickiest thing is uh, emails and stuff because you end up with like a big old list. Yeah. The never ending email inbox. It's when you've got emails that are where you, where the answer is, yes, I can do that. Or yes, that's false. Something sort of a boring answer. You sort of think, well, I know I've got all the information here, so (laughs) I don't need to send the email. It's been sorted. That's sort of how my head does it. I'm going to remember, I'm going to listen back to um, what you're saying about people being understanding for when I'm, flat sharing in Edinburgh this year because I am the housemate that doesn't do the dishes and uh, people tell me off and they are right to tell me off but I'm gonna tell them now that we shouldn't be too harsh on ourselves and uh, that's what I'm gonna say to <laughs> well I think it's also about like talking to people about it uh, like being honest with other people about it beforehand and during as well rather than hoping that people don't notice or that they're okay with it or something like that it can also just be about saying to someone I I struggle with this uh you know 
just so that they're aware that that might be something that happens mm. rather than uh, uh, rather than it becoming something where they're like oh this is something i was not expecting and now it has made my day worse yeah that's a good point and 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 show that you don't justify yourself with that though i think that's the other thing is that doing the other side of it as well don't justify not doing things that you know you should be doing because you've told people that you're struggling with them <laughs> Like, you still have to make an effort. Uh, but sometimes people will help you. Sometimes it might be it might be a case of saying to someone, hey, can we do the dishes together? Like, can we make it that at some point in the day when we're all in the flat at the same time, can we stand there and chat about our shows while we do the dishes together? And that way, as they pile up and stuff, no one's, like, annoyed at someone because you know that each day it, Three o'clock, you stand there and you do your dishes together and you do a little, like, chat about how your Edinburgh's going. Mm. Yeah, the, I mean, I'm the same way as, like, when I'm tired of looking at it, it has to get done and our uh, our flat needs to be cleaned. And Tom and I have been like, okay, Sunday, we clean the flat. Like, we've, we've put that in the diary because sometimes what will happen is and he doesn't know this talking about communicating with someone is I'll be sick of the way the flat looks. So I will decide I need to take the entire day to clean the flat and I will not communicate this with him at all. Ergo, he doesn't clean the flat. And then I'm just stomping around with bleach and rubber gloves, bitter as fuck because I'm, I'm doing all this work and you won't. And he was like, I didn't know that we that this was an us thing. I just thought you wanted to clean the bathroom and now you're on your yeah. knees doing skirting boards. Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I, that, again, I think that's such an ADHD thing is once you get into the um the role of it as well, you put off something for ages, but then when you do it, oh my gosh, do you go to town on it? Like, yeah. Like the one point where I'm like, "Oh, I'll just wipe around the bath." Oh, look at that. I've retiled. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, it does get really full on, full on like that. Um, another thing then with life admin, actually, which you just reminded me of, is uh, I think it's called batching. No, it might not be batching. Pomodoroing. Pomodoroing. No, but Pomodoro is another. Pomodoro is very similar to what I do with like the I put aside a, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Pomodoro is when you do like twenty minutes and mm-hmm. then break for five minutes. Yeah, you're just saying words now. I it... don't know what these. Are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you okay. don't know okay. about so Pomodoro. Batching Pomodoro. No, I don't know so, what these words mean. <laughs> so the Pomodoro technique, a Pomodoro is Italian for tomato. It comes from the idea of a little tomato timer. You know, those like a little cooking oh, okay, right. timer. Oh, I thought it, it had like something to do with how long it took to make a uh, bolognese, which, by the way, longer than 20 <laughs> minutes if you're going to do it right, just saying. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I think it just comes from those timers that look like tomatoes. Oh, that makes more and sense. And so you set it for 20 minutes, and then you work for 20 minutes, and then after 20 minutes you give yourself a five-minute break. And then after five minutes you work for 20 minutes again. And the idea is that it trains you to sit down and do the thing you said you were going to do because your brain is like it's only 20 minutes like I can do 20 minutes and so if you were like so say you want to tackle your your pile of laundry on the floor you'd be like okay I'm going to set the timer and for 20 minutes I'm going to start tackling that pile and more often than not what will happen is you will start tackling it and then you'll just be able to keep going and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But 
if you can't for any reason, when the 20 minutes is over, you go, well, I've done my 20 minutes. As I said, it's very similar to the way that I do things. It's just because I find with writing, it takes me 20 minutes to work out where I was last time and what I'm about to say next. And then I get distracted because an alarm goes off and then I'm like, oh, now I forgot what I was doing. And then it takes me time. So I give myself an hour and a half because I I work on a slower, slower uh, rate of time as everyone else apparently. But, uh, oh, but I just wanted to say before I forget, um, there is a term for it. I can't remember what it is, but basically the idea is that you... Uh, you match things that you enjoy doing with the things that you need to do. So for instance, Joe, if there is a podcast that you are loving right now, like there is a, or an audio book or something, you know, if there is something that you are really enjoying. It's the Neurodivergent Moments podcast. That is the podcast. I'm exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say you love, like our listeners, you guys love the Neurodivergent podcast. You're very excited because there's a new episode coming out that week. What you do is you tell yourself, I'm going to save the episode and I'm going to listen to it while I, while I tackle the laundry pile on the floor. And that way you end up looking forward to doing the laundry pile on the floor because you're like, I get to listen to the podcast. I mean, it was, it's genuinely how I managed the Office Ladies podcast. Help me work out <laughs> because for ages I only listened to it when I worked out. And I really enjoy it. And so now I've realized that I can also put TV on when I work out. So now I'm watching The Staircase, which is which has been uh, uh, really fun. I wish there were more episodes because then I would work out more. <laughs> so uh, just do you, uh, Beck, are there any more life admin advice that you might have another another skill? Obviously, like you said, uh, not everything works for everyone. So what, what has been your process? Yeah, well, one of the other things that that worked for me a lot uh, during lockdown and might work for other people, again, it's a visual thing, was having a whiteboard. I know, Everglade, you've already talked about writing something down on your whiteboard. And I found creating like a a table of, so I did like a checklist of things that needed to happen daily. So that might be leave the flat because quite often I won't leave the flat or (laughs) do any type of moving. So it might be like, leave the flat, um, uh, shower, uh, send an email or something. So there'll be things that need to happen every day. And then I'll have, and then I do do a to-do list underneath on the white thing, on the whiteboard. And it would be on a week to week basis. So the checklist and everything. And I did, I used all different colored whiteboard pens because that made me feel really like, I just like seeing it. it was very pretty when I'd fill it in but uh, that way you could see what you were managing to keep up as a routine throughout the week what you were struggling with because you weren't taking it off and um, or drink water is another one drinking water is good and then on your to-do list what I would do is every Sunday I would go back I would reset the table I would uh reset the to-do list but obviously keeping the things that I hadn't done the week before and then adding any new things and I think again just having that there having it up and visual and and easy for me to see just made it so much easier I I found myself wandering around the flat which I know I tend to do a lot if I'm not entirely sure what I'm supposed to be doing I just walk around usually with my phone in my hand 
And what would happen is I would see it, I would stare at it, and I would realise that there was a thing on there that I could do quite easily, and I would go off and do that. Mm. And, um, yeah, so that was very useful as well. Just a note, because I remember seeing your whiteboard with your um, chart on it. I think I got a whiteboard. Uh, well, I used to have one in New York, and then when we moved into this flat, I had room to get one. But definitely, you talking about yours, I was like, I want a whiteboard again I really need a whiteboard and then I saw your chart and I was like there's no freaking way I am going to be able to make a chart like this like I was like it was so beautiful and so detailed I was like the chart itself is a task and I cannot do the task (laughs) (laughs) oh I mean it wasn't that beautiful it was just like Monday to Friday and then a list dude there were lines you used a ruler I remember that. I did use a ruler. There were rulers. I did use a ruler. I just, I was like, I just. So my point is, is I have a whiteboard. The trick was using. I just scribble what I need done on it. And it is not in a chart because that's how my mind works. But like you said. That's it. It's how it works. Everyone uh, has a different thing that works for them, right? That's it. The trick is if you're using a ruler, use a permanent marker so that when you rub off the ticks or whatever later, then you're not taking off the lines. You don't have to keep doing that. Okay, that that I didn't consider. I was like, how is she taking off the ticks without having to redraw the chart? Every yeah, single- I'm not doing that every week. Screw okay. that. <laughs> All right, that's game changing. <laughs> so, so, Beck, do you, do you have a, a neurodivergent moment for us? Yeah, I would say it was the moment in lockdown early on where I was cleaning out my things and I found the self-assessment form for ADHD that my GP had given me two years previously (laughs) that I had forgotten to fill out. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember thinking, oh, I forgot about this. I should probably fill it out now. Uh, And then I still didn't until my cousin rang me and said, you've got ADHD, don't you? Because it turned out he'd been diagnosed and his psychiatrist had asked him if anyone in his family had it. And he was like, yeah, pretty sure my cousin Beck does. And uh, yeah, it it took him being like, you've got it right. And then me going, oh no, but I did find this thing that I'd forgotten about. And he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's an automatic pass. (laughs) So yeah, I, I then did fill it out eventually, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that and being, being late to, uh, I found an ADHD therapist who I went to for my first meeting last week and I was late. No, no, hang on. I thought I was late. Then it turned out I was half an hour early because I'd misremembered the time. Uh, and, and now it turns out that I forgot to check what my availability is like because I am filming for the next two months and can't attend therapy. And she was like, oh, so we probably shouldn't be starting sessions now <laughs> until like August. And I was like, oh, yeah. But at least of all people who understands that, it's an ADHD therapist. Amen to that. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, Beck, do you, where do people find you? Do you have anything coming up that you want to talk about? Just so you know, this won't come out for a while. So if you have something next week, they won't hear about it. But general stuff. Yeah, I've I've got my Horror Heights books, so the uh, the Slime and Now Live Screaming are coming out. Depending on when you're listening to this, the third book uh, might be coming out soon. That's in Halloween. It's called uh, Dead Ringer. And they are 
technically aimed at middle graders, like 8 to 12, but uh, I would say very much that I write them for myself and make them child-friendly. So, oh, and if, again, if you're like me and you don't necessarily have time to read, there is an audiobook of The Slime on Audible if you've got any credits free and you want to just listen to that while you're doing your laundry. Nice. <laughs> I've, I've been reading The Slime. I love it. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, thanks, Joe. That's why I pay you the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show, back. Thanks for having me. This has been so much fun. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. And uh, we will talk to you later. later. Yes, you will. Bye. Hey, Abigail, do you know about Podspike? Uh, yes, I do, in fact, because they are our sponsor for this episode. Oh, wonderful sponsors. Um, so I'm sure there are people who are po- budding podcasters or who have a special interest they want to make a podcast about. Here's a question. If you weren't, if this all falls apart, <laughs> what would you, what are your other podcast ideas? Well, I am an avid lover of peanut butter. So I would like to do a podcast someday where I try all the brands of peanut butter and discuss them like fine wines. The peanut butter podcast. The peanut butter podcast. That's actually really good. I know that that was a that was you saying that slightly is a silly joke, but I would listen listen to that. You could have guests on yeah. bringing their own favorite peanut butter. Uh, literally, as I said it, I was like, "Now I want to make that podcast." <laughs> what about you? If if uh, if you were to make another uh, podcast in your podcast roster, what would it be, Joe Wells? Mine would be about how to save money on train journeys in the UK. I'm becoming an expert in that. And I would teach the listeners about how to split train fares. It might be a little bit boring, but I'd make it fun. Okay. It'd be one of those things where people go, it sounds boring, the Split Your Ticket podcast, but he makes it really entertaining. Hey, that's a podcast I'd listen to because that's a podcast I need. But you know what? Sometimes it's hard to break through as a podcast. And that is where Podspike comes in. Yeah, so paying for PR for you for a podcast can cost thousands of pounds. But what Podspike have done is they've made it really manageable so you can have access to bite-sized chunks of podcast promotion at an affordable monthly price. They've got us into Pod Bible, the Pod Bible magazine. Uh, we're, we're featured on, on their web, or we're due to be featured on their website. So if you're listening to this because you saw us on Pod Bible, that's how we did it. Podspike helped us out. Yeah, they're really great. Uh, they've been fabulous for us to work with and the most important thing you have to know about them is there's no fake followers no complicated strategies no minimum commitment uh, it is there for you to use when you need it how you need it and it's a fabulous uh service they provide yeah you could you could just try it out for one month see how it goes and um and go from there yeah, so give it a try. You can check them out at their website, podspike.com, to see all of the publicity and help that they offer new and budding podcasts. Podspike, podcast marketing made easy. Well, that was Beck Hill, everyone. Beck Hill, she was wonderful. She is. And everyone should go out, whether you have a young person in your house or you are a young person, go out and buy her book. 
Uh, oh, it's amazing. Soon as it's so good. There's two. There's the second one. I've only read the first one. But, yes, um, yes. The second one. Did you read Goosebumps out. as a kid? I did. I did. Because it's, fact, it's yes. that it's that sort of vibe, isn't it? And it's it's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Some modern Goosebumps. Yeah. And uh, but guys, we have some neurodivergent moments that you've sent in. Uh, and as always, we're always looking for these after uh, to read in the podcast. So if you have any neurodivergent moments yourself, please send them in to neurodivergentmomentspod at gmail.com. Joe, do you have yours ready? I do have mine ready. Yeah, I love this one. Uh, So this is from, I don't know whether they want to be anonymous. Let's call them uh, B. I was recently confirmed as autistic officially at the grand age of 43. And it's led a fair bit of reflection of where I perhaps have not got stuff entirely correct on the socially accepting scale. One recent example that keeps popping into my head at helpful moments, like during a 4am insomnia blitz, or whilst I'm hurtling down the bypass at 65 miles an hour and need to concentrate on the traffic that terrifies me. That's when they come, isn't they? The embarrassing things you've done, they come at four in the morning and when you need to concentrate on the driving. Um, (laughs) It's when I thought I was being helpful to a stranger. Having not long got out of the arse end that is breast cancer treatment, myself and two friends booked to go away to Alton Towers for a drag wend? I don't know what a drag wend is. Is that a... Do you know what that is? No, I have no idea. I don't know whether it's a typo or not, or whether it's... Anyway, a, a, a trip away, I guess? Drag drag wend. I don't know. Let, let us know what a drag wend is. <laughs> um, part of the deal included free water park tickets. Excellent. My two non-cancer-battered friends were off-mastering every slide in the place whilst I sat post-treatment fatigued in the jacuzzi to gently suvade my carcass in the right side of tender. Uh, very vivid <laughs> imagery we're getting in this, uh, this email. Uh, I got talking to two other ladies who were sat next to me. We exchanged the socially accepted pleasantries and they commented on liking my short hairdo so further talk of cancer diagnosis treatment ensued. At which point one of the ladies explained she had received a similar diagnosis and was due to have surgery upon her return home. At this point, for reasons best known to my non-neurotypical brain, but not the actual me that resides within it, I decided it would be helpful to ask if she wanted to see my scars. I did this whilst already lifting up my arm so she could see my underarm scar, and then before she could even answer, I pulled my swimming costume to one side so she had a great view of my other scar, my other scar that is on my left tit. (laughs) As did everyone else in the very public, previously family-friendly water park. I think her look of horror at that point must have convinced me to put it away, but it honestly didn't occur to me until some hours later that that might not have been a socially acceptable neurotypical way to help a stranger with a cancer diagnosis. Yours in forever cringe, and then the name, which I'm not sure if they want to be anonymous. Um, P.S. And they said nice things about the podcast at the end, but I'm too modest to, to read them out. But thank Aww. you for your nice P.S. at the end. Thank you so I much. I love that story. Do you know what? I think that's a real example of how like neurodivergent thinking is good you know that openness because it is like a it's a taboo cancer isn't it? people don't talk about people don't want to talk about mastectomies a lot and that openness is is good yeah it's good for society i don't think it was a cringe moment i think it was you should probably ask for consent before you get your boobs out as a general rule <laughs> but uh i I, th- I i i think that openness is one of the um 
one of the good things about neurodivergent people. Yeah, I, I feel like that's one of those moments. And, you know, I'm going to speak for uh, the person uh, with whom you were talking to, uh, B. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make a decision that this was their reaction, which is maybe having a stranger stand up in a pool and show them their scars and their tit scars might have been a bit of a shock in the moment. <laughs> However... I feel like so much with cancer, uh, especially like neurotypical, it's like, it'll be okay. We'll get through this. You know, there's a lot of like affirmations and reassuring. And I bet it was really comforting for someone to talk about it plainly and show what it's like to go through it. I don't know. I think I, I think you were I, I think, think you were an absolute fight. hero. Yeah, I think you're an absolute mm. hero on that day. And good for you. And thank you for listening. And thank you for all of your kind comments. That's a lovely moment. Do you have a moment, Abigail? Yes, I do. So I'm going to assume this, uh, I'm allowed to say this person's name out loud because uh, they are a comedian and there's nothing more than someone, than a comedian loves to hear their own name. So this is Jake <laughs> Young. And I believe this is, uh, uh, Joe, I think this is your Jake Young. I don't, because both. Yes. Fun Jake fact. runs a lovely, if you're ever in Gosport, he runs an absolutely delightful gig in Gosport, uh, which sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? But yeah. it is lovely, the Alva Bank Hotel. And fun fact, I know a Jake Young comedian in America who does a great podcast called Wizard in the Bruiser Podcast, which I bet our listeners would really enjoy. So check out both Jake Youngs, <laughs> both, both comedians Jake Young, but this is British Jake Young. Uh, hey, guys. So one for me, I'd be interested to know how many people relate to this, but it was a turning point for me in finding out I have dyspraxia and went beyond the usual clumsy trait. At school, we could take in turns as a class to read a book, each pupil reading a paragraph or a page and then passing it on to the next person. Whatever, when, excuse me, whenever it was my turn, I would do a good job of reading aloud, but I wouldn't take in any of the information. I would always try and quickly reread what I just read out loud while the next paragraph was being read out by someone else. I thought it was a pointless exercise because whoever was reading aloud would then have to listen to someone else reading the next bit without fully knowing what had just happened. I thought everyone in school experienced this, but it was only when I mentioned it to friends that I found out they always understood what they were reading out loud as they read it. I guess it's a form of multitasking which dyspraxic people struggle with. Has anyone else had a similar issue? Well, Jake, I'd love to answer, but uh, I can't because I have no clue what I just read. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, in all honesty, I can understand what I'm reading when I read it. And Joe delightfully has to edit when I read your, your neurodivergence, because I have a lot of trouble reading. So as a child, when we used to do the paragraph by paragraph thing, it gave me a lot of angst. And I would try to like, figure out which paragraph I was going to read, so I could practice it. So people wouldn't hear me stumbling so much as I read. I don't know if that's a, an ADHD thing or if I might be also dyslexic, but that's a thing that I 
dealt with a lot. I don't know. Do you have that? Uh, I don't Joe? think I do. No, I wonder whether that's quite a unique dyspraxic thing. But yeah. um, but it's really interesting, isn't it? They, yeah, that that sort of um, uh, reading it once and then reading it again. Mm. We could get Jake to read anything out. We just give him something to read out, and he'll read it out loud. We yeah. can get him get him in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, try to quiz him afterwards. He won't know what the <laughs> hell is happening. Uh, yeah, it, if you are someone who has that same issue with not being able to understand something while you're reading it out loud, uh, do write in. There'll be people listening to this going, that is exactly, yeah. that's explained a thing that's that's happened yeah. my whole life. Or tweet tweet at us or, you know, Instagram or t- TikTok or whatever. You know, you can always reach out to Joe and I via social media. Um, I'm on all social media at Abigailia. And Joe, where are you at? I'm Joe Wells Comic. Apart from Instagram, where Joe Wells comedian. And on that note, um, if you have neurodivergent moments, please send them in. And we love hearing from you guys. You guys have been sending us really lovely messages on social media through the email account. Um, our Patreon has been growing, and we're so thankful for that. Yeah, we're so great. We're, we've we were saying like we feel like we've built a little community, and we're yeah. gonna build it and overthrow the government. That's my plan, anyway. Yeah. Exactly. And just so you know, those of you who are signing up for the Patreon or thinking about it, um, the money that we're making this season for the Patreon goes directly back into the podcast so we can make a higher production, better sound quality, hopefully more stuff for you guys will be showing up on the Patreon in the next season. So we're we're working to uh, make this a better experience for you guys. And that's where the money goes. Yeah, if you've got ideas about what, what we should be doing as part of the Neurodivergent Moments brand, then uh, let us know, especially if you're on the Patreon. Um, uh, yeah, dro- drop us a message on Patreon, leave a comment when we post on Patreon, um, and let us know, because we're trying to work out how we can... Yeah, we, we've got... L- thanks to our lovely patrons, we've got a little bit of money coming in that we can use to build this, so um, let us know how we should be spending it. Yeah, please do. And um, also, we have some upcoming things. Uh, One, we will be at Latitude Festival on Saturday doing our first ever live recording of Neurodivergent Moments. That's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too. So if you're going to Latitude, if you're on the fence about Latitude, please come. Come to us. We'll be in the listening post. We don't know what time yet. But uh, we would love to see you there for our first ever live show. We have no clue how we're going to do it yet. So we're very excited about it. I'm trying not to talk about one of my autistic special interests is hip hop music. And Little Sims is playing, who I absolutely love. So I'm going to try not to make the whole episode. You'll have to have that backstage of me just talking about Little Sims the whole day because I'm going to be very excited. I like how you're talking about it on the day. It's already happening. We've been texting back and forth. A lot of, you've sent me little <laughs> some stuff. I'm checking it out. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm glad you know about music because like I've told you, I, I've, grew up in a musical theater hall so i'm like what's a little sims i have no idea you should never say people should never say that they don't know about music to me because in my head i go oh this is a person i can shape i can shape them to shape like me. all the music that i like and understand that my music taste is the best you have full permission to shape <laughs> me joels i need shaped i need I'll, that. I'll be making many playlists every week and send it oh, to you. i can't wait i can't wait um also finally uh one last plug Joe and I are going to be at the Edinburgh Fringe doing solo shows. So if you're going to be at the Edinburgh 
Fringe, come see us. I'll be doing a show called Legally Cheeky at 6.20 at Just the Tonic. The Tron. Joe, where will you be? I'm going to be at the Banshee Labyrinth, most haunted venue in Edinburgh, at midday Ooh. every day for the whole month. And I'm on the, the free fringe, so you can uh, come along. Even if you're completely skint, you can come and see the show for free. Or if you've got loads of money, you can give me £100 on the way out. There you go. Beautiful. Um, I think that's it. And we have been able to do this in 14 minutes, which is perfect because I have a Zoom meeting in one minute. <laughs> We'll Um, see you in a fortnight or in a week if you're on the Patreon. Yep. Look forward to it. Bye, guys. See you then. Bye. Bye.